Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, ownership, and especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey guys, learn from the experts. This is free land education. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, this morning. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Lou. How are you today? I'm well. I hope you are. Oh, we got a great guest today. We're going to have some fun on this one. We serve Western Piedmont, North Carolina, and Southern Virginia, so just give us a shout. We'll help you out. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and members. Now, this site is www.rli for Realtors Land Institute, rlilandland.com. So listen to me, guys. If you are interested in buying land or if you're interested in selling land, go to that website. We have over 1,700 members throughout the United States. And our designation, which is uh, very hard to get, and I have it, is accredited land consultant. There's about 500 of us. We know how to play the game. We'll save you money if you're, if you're buying, and we'll make you extra money if we're selling. We know how to play the game. So www.rlilandland.com. We'd like to thank our sponsor, landhub.com. Landhub is the place to be. Teresa, our guest this morning is E.K.G. Wormann. He's a broker owner of NC Land and Homes. Welcome, Nikechi. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Knightville, North Carolina. And for the listening audience, um, it is about five minutes east of Raleigh, North Carolina. Most of the time when people ask me where I'm from and they are not familiar with this area, when I tell them I'm from Knightville, they have no idea what that is, where it's located. So I just say Raleigh, and they say, ah, and everyone knows where Raleigh is. <laughs> I think so. so. Basically, Raleigh, North Carolina. So are, so are you down uh, Interstate 40 towards Wilmington? Are you on that side? No, I'm about, uh, no. Are you I'm going not, up 85? I don't even work close to that. No, sir. Um, are you familiar with Rocky Mountain, North Carolina? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm about 45 minutes west of Rocky Mountain. Okay. Wow, what a great area that is. So yes, I've worked that area. Okay. Okay. I actually used to run a uh, screen printing shop in Golden New Carson Mall, which is in Rocky Mountain. There you go. I did too. Oh, wow. Okay. Small world. So you, you were born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had the privilege of teaching my two day class for the Realtors Land Institute called Land 101. It's one of our 10 two day courses. Uh, and uh, about three years ago, and I tell you what, I had the best time, the greatest people. Uh, and, of course, next week I'll be in San Antonio, Texas, for our annual RLI, Realtors Land Institute, land conference. We'll have, of that 1,700, we'll have about 400 members from all over the United States for three days, fellowshipping and learning with uh, top people in the industry and what's new and our, and our sponsors, the new technologies, the new mapping services, the new websites or the new uh, new industry stuff, and uh, it's just a just a great time. It's it's uh, once you go to one, you'll never miss another one. You, and you don't have to be a realtor to attend. So uh, might be a little late to to join us, but uh, you can try. We'll help you out if you want to come. So, Nika T, you were um, um, went to school at uh, uh, North Carolina uh, Westland, and that's where you got your BA right in business. B.S., yes, sir. Yep, and then uh, B.S., I'm sorry, because I got the same thing. And then you spent yep. a little time at East Carolina to party a little bit, and then you ended up uh, at Pfeiffer, what great school, and got your MBA. So, That's uh, correct. And then uh, you've been teaching, right? Where do you teach at? I am currently at Wilson Community College, which is about uh, pretty, it's about 30, 45 minutes from uh, Knightdale, Raleigh area. Okay. And Prior to, I've been there for a year, and prior to that, I was nine and a half years at Edgecombe Community College, which Mrs. Teresa may be familiar with. It is located in, Rock, in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. And also, in, in addition to that, uh, I started at, at NC Westland as an adjunct at the same time I started at Edgecombe. And what do you teach? I'm in the business department. <clears throat> and so, for the most part, I teach everything except for economics and accounting. Okay. So you're doing marketing and, and finance and uh, and business management. Marketing, uh, uh, personal finance, uh, management. Um, oh, you name it. 
supervision, uh, international business. <laughs> wow. Um, it's the last when I looked at my CV, um, I've got about ten classes that I that I teach. Okay. Uh, overall, quite a talent. Basically, between myself and another gentleman, um, does economics, and then we have an accountant instructor. Basically, I'm the business department. Okay. Wow, that's got to be. Their, they get they get their money's worth out of me. I bet they do. <laughs> It's got to be rewarding too. I love teaching. I wish I'd teach every day oh, like yeah. you if I had a chance. But uh, so you got interested. What got you interested in real estate? Why do you want to get your license? Yeah, great question. So um, extremely nuanced and interesting, at least in my opinion, um, uh, background in terms of what led me here. My trajectory was 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 somewhat um, different, I think, than quite a few people that I spoke to who are, are real estate uh, practitioners. So to, to kind of give you the short version of it, um, have a extensive background uh, in business. Okay, so I've always been a. I was a. I'm currently a business person who teaches. Okay. Not the other way around. I I'm love a it. Business person first. Sure. So, <clears throat> so I have I have uh, you know I have retail um, experience. I've done business consulting. Um, <clears throat> actually, some international business and. A friend of mine who is a land specialist, a land broker, with a large firm, um, one day we were just kind of speaking and passing at a gym. We worked out together at the same gym. And I'm an avid outdoorsman. So <clears throat> I have a few loves. One of them is working out. Um, I, you know, when I was in high school, um, I got bit by the bodybuilding bug. So I started working out extensively, and that's been a part of my life from high school up until now. Okay. Um, and another one was, was music, okay? Um, I'm an avid fan of live music. Um, I used to play guitar for a band and stuff like that. Wow. And my other one is nature. So I'm just an avid outdoorsman. And one of my favorite pastimes is camping. I go kayaking, um, hiking, anything outdoors, you'll catch me there. Gotcha. Okay? And so he just kind of in passing asked me if I ever thought about getting into recreational land sales. And I had no idea what he was talking about. Well, what is that? Right. Okay. And he told me, and the first thing I asked, you know, the business side of me, is there even a market for that? And he said, uh, yeah. And now here's the thing. I knew he was in real estate, but I didn't know exactly what he specialized in. And full disclosure, I've, I've never, other than uh, investments or anything or, or something like that, I've never had an interest in real estate. So what I envisioned was dressing up, suit and tie, showing houses. Never that's what Teresa does. Had any interest in whatsoever. Okay, and that's you know that's not you know throwing any shade or anything at the, the residential brokers, but just never my thing. So as he's explaining to me what he does, oh, I sell hunting tracks and farms and ranches, and I'm thinking to myself, that sounds too good to be true. And we all know the old adage that normally when something sounds too good to be true, it normally is. Exactly. But I could see his lifestyle. I knew he made a comfortable living, and I said, well, this is why you're always so happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It is. It's a happy so I business. Said, well, what do I need to do to get into it? So the well, first thing I did was do some research, and, and I had an epiphany when I looked and saw, wait a minute. Okay, real estate is definitely me. As far as a feasibility analysis goes, if there's a market for it, product or service is feasible, and then it's economically feasible. So as I'm checking all the boxes, the one thing I, I did dawned on me later on was when I looked at the fact that all real estate started with raw land at some point. No from, way around it. From the ground up. You see, from the ground up. And that's when I said, wait a minute, I want a part of this. So fortunately, the school I was at the time, they offered a real estate like pre-licensing course. And one of my colleagues taught it. So I said, I'm going to be taking a class under you. He said, great. And, um, and, and let me pause there for a second. Sure, let please. me pause there for a second. Uh, when we spoke uh, <clears throat> early in the week, uh, Mr. Jewell, um, and we talked about me having your number saved. I have your number saved. <laughs> let me tell you what I have it saved at. I'm curious. Okay. It is saved as I gave you a nickname, Mr. Lou the Jewel. Mr. Lou the Jewel. Lou the Jewel. <laughs> okay. And so. Oh, God. Teresa will be using you know, that on me. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to fit into this story. Okay. You're gonna just, your character is going to fit into this story. So. I go and I'm taking the class, and then while I'm in the class, I'm already thinking about the business model. <clears throat> I'm going to focus on listings, um, 
type of, you know, I'm just kind of doing all those things. I go through the class, get licensed, and then I hit a brick wall. And the brick wall was every single land brokerage, and it wasn't very many, uh, when I reached out, they weren't interested in bringing someone like myself on. And here's, here's the full context behind that. Because I have a full-time career, they were thinking I was going to be part-time. And so technically, I was going to be part-time. But my work-life work -life balance and my work ethic was going to allow me to put in as many hours or more hours than anybody at the brokerage. And I tried to explain that, but no one was interested. So um, my, my, uh, my instructor, free license instructor, uh, we were kind of passing one day, and I told him, he said, how's everything going? I said, you know, I got licensed, and I passed my exam the first time and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I, I haven't found anywhere to hang my hat or hang my shingle, so to speak. And he said, well, what's going on? I said, well, you knew from the class I only wanted to get into land brokerage. I don't want to do anything else. Right. And he said, hmm. So later on, he, he was at, um, I think, a broker in charge, uh, you know, some kind of broker in charge, uh, uh, Update class, probably, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big up or something like that. Um, at the time, it was all new to me. I didn't know anything about it. And he said, hey, I've got something for you. He said, I met a gentleman who all he does is land. I said, huh. And I told him about you, and he said, give him a call. And guess what that guy's name was? Lou the Jewel. <laughs> Lou the Jewel. <laughs> so I called, you did. and right away you told me. I said, listen, because here's my thing. A lot of people have the philosophy, and, you know, that's their thing. It's not my thing. Kind of fake it till you make it. I've never been that type of person, especially when it comes to, you know, dealing with uh, real estate transactions. Why is, why, why, is that, why is that important? Why is that important? Yeah. I, I, you know, it's not, not, my, not my forte. But why do you think so that – but why is that okay, important? Why is that important? Well, in your, in your you opinion. think about it. You, you're representing the average person's largest transaction. Yeah. And then it's just ethic. It's just it's just ethical. It's just the ethics involved in it to make sure that you represent someone fully and completely and you take care of them like you would want to be taken care of. And so in my personal opinion, it's disingenuous to disseminate bad information that could lead someone down a you know, down a path that they're making a bad investment. No one wants to be treated that way, no one should. So when someone hires you as a broker, they're trusting you with a large financial transaction. So that's just kind of the way I see it. Okay. So um, when I spoke when I spoke with, uh, with, with you, right away you just fired up. You said, I told you what my dilemma was. And I said, well, I, I don't have a, a land brokerage to, to, uh, to link up with. And you told me, you said, find a residential brokerage and be their land guy. And I said, yes, sir, but I need to learn about land. You said, join a real estate land institute. What's that? I go home right away. I, I start. I start taking my courses. And I link up with, at the time, it was United Country, uh, I'm sorry, United Real Estate Raleigh. Right. Which was a residential. It's, a, it's an know, Army United Country Real Estate, which we had a franchise. We just, it just lapsed. But uh, they have two divisions. One for the urban areas okay. called United uh, Real Estate. And then, of course, United Real, Country Real Estate is uh, the rural uh, which is the origin from 1928. Okay. Got you. And, um, and I remember you said something specifically. You said, well, I wish you were in this area. I'll hire you. You bet. When you move <laughs> but, in. Um, and I was off to the races. I mean, I was off to the races. Um, I, was, I took every course I could right away. I took all of the courses I needed for the AOC um, as fast as I could, you know. And I was just learning all I could. And I started off with, you know, small transactions that I felt comfortable with. And then I just built my way up until after a while, all of the agents there knew they had a land question. They would come to me. And, um, and, and then I kind of suffered from imposter syndrome for a while because, again, I didn't really have some of that um, internal training that I could have benefited from. Right. But it wasn't until I started doing some serious land deals with some um, serious land brokers and the feedback they gave me and then starting to ask me to come work for them that I knew I was uh You were on your way, weren't there. you? Hey, our guest today, our guest today is Nikkei Chief-Wilham, and this is Let's Talk Land. We'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Are you looking to buy or sell land? LandHub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide. Nikkei you've, you've, you've taken us from your background, your interests in real estate, just through a friend, to getting your license, to uh, now 
trying to get a job. Uh, people are reluctant because you have a full-time job, so to speak, and they don't feel like you can devote enough time to it. And truly, I, you know, we've got a lot of part-time realtors out there, and it really hurts the full-time realtors, quite frankly. You know, if you're going to sure. do something, do it. Don't just kind of half do it. But that's, you know, that's why we have 108,000 licensed realtors in North Carolina plus. Exactly. But uh, you, you're so impressed with that. But I think the key that I wanted to pick back up on was the, uh, you know, we, we have code of ethics uh, in our industry. We, we're, the, as organizations in the United States, we're the second oldest, over 100 years old, of self-policing called code of ethics. And, uh, and we, we have to, uh, when we get, uh, when we join the National Association of Realtors, we have to take the code of ethics for our class, which is, you know, can't speak bad about other realtors and your responsibility. There's 20, 24 articles, I believe, in there. And, uh, and, uh, and now we have to do it every two years nationwide uh, to, to uh, keep us in balance. But uh, we are, we do have a tremendous responsibility. And I'd like to hang the nail on that for, for the uh, first part of the show. And let's go forward, okay? So we got that responsibility. We've got a shingle out there. Now what? You've got your land education, uh, and now what happens? Okay. So where do we go next? Yes, sir. So as I'm, uh, you know, got my, my feet wet, uh, you know, cut my teeth, as they say, and I'm doing some serious deals, um, and as I'm proceeding more and more, another portion of what I actually love about this, um, and I believe Ms. Teresa has mentioned this, um, is, is a people's business. And I'm a people person, and it's a service business. So initially, um, any business I've ever been a part of, I had an extremely lean operation. I try to keep my fixed cost very low, those costs that are just reoccurring. And I try to, you know, my variable costs, I keep those based on what I need in terms of production and quality. So I realized right away that trying to get lead, buying leads and stuff like that wasn't sustainable when you look at the customer acquisition cost and being a people person and focusing on service i focused on my my book of business so i treated it was one of my mantras was i was going to make a five hundred dollar commission or a fifty thousand dollar commission i was going to give the same service amen yeah that's right and i and i, I i've never wavered me either. Never waver from that. My smallest, my, I'll go ahead and talk some numbers here, some. My smallest commission check was $450. I won't say my largest because someone might hear this. And, <laughs> um, but I gave the utmost service for that $450 commission check. And from doing that, I never left anything on the table. And I end up doing close to a million dollars worth of business yeah. with the same family. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so just giving people what they deserve and just always having the honor and respect and remember that they could have chose any one of the 100,000 or so agents out there, but they chose you. They chose me. And that comes with responsibility. Okay? And so by doing that, I slowly but surely started... And, and even though um, I was a quote-unquote part-time agent, I was doing more business than some of the full-time residential agents. Now, if you do the math on that, as you know, Lance, you know, especially at that time, the market wasn't quite as hot as it is now. Right. Land doesn't turn quite that fast. So at the end of the year, if I've done enough business to match a full-time residential agent, I was doing some pretty good numbers. Yes, you okay. are. Well, I'll give, so, you, I'll give you an example of that. Uh, last year or year before, right, Teresa? You were our top salesperson in our company. You didn't count me and, and my son-in-law's mm -hmm. daughter. But um, I think you did 57 or 59 transactions. Yes. Yeah, and I did nine, mm -hmm. and I made more money than you did. Right. <laughs> so, you know, land pays more. We can't talk about commissions because that's negotiable. But uh, that's right. generally land. That's exactly right. Because, because, and there's a reason, uh, land doesn't, like you said uh, earlier, it doesn't move as quick as a home uh, historically. I mean, I've, I've had land, some of it, three, four, and five years. And that's a lot of marketing. That's a lot of time. That's a lot that's of hand-holding. And, uh, and, and we tend to spend more uh, in expense and, 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 and marketing that, that product. 
So, uh, but the rewards are there, and uh, so it, I'm right on with what you're talking about. Yes, sir. And, and if I can just piggyback off of that for a moment as well, um, and obviously you're right, uh, commission is, is negotiable, but um, as you mentioned, a blanket statement, um, land does pay more. And sometimes I've been asked why, and I'm pretty sure you guys have run into that question too. Well, the marketing is, it can be a lot more complex for land. The work involved, okay, um, you take this market right now, if you will, um, a home a home kind of sells itself. Yeah. Now, that's not to take anything away, but I, I've sold, because about 10% of my business is residential, and it's just listings. I rarely work with a buyer. Normally, if I'm working with a residential buyer, it's someone I've done business with before, and I tend to do business with again. So I only have, I do it very seldom, okay? Um, but but just coming from that angle, um, you know, I've, I've noticed that when I sell a home, obviously it's, it takes a lot of work, you know, and, you know, kudos to the residential agents, but it's going to be a more fluid process. You, you know, you market it, you put it in MLS, and people are fighting for it. It just kind of is what it is. Well, a piece of land, what's the highest and best use? Should you cut the timber? Should you get a survey? Um, how are you going to price it? There are no, there are no. Uh, you got to get off-market comparable sometimes. You might need a drone to get. You know, you you have to do a lot more aggressive marketing, and then you turn around and you might need to spend extra marketing dollars on land watch, land and farm. I mean, you know, so it's just a lot more. And once you start explaining these things, and they see the work you put into it, they start kind of coming off of that question in terms of well, why, 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 is the, why is the commission maybe higher than when someone sold my house before? It's sure. just different. It's just a different process. Absolutely. I was just sitting here looking over this paperwork, and I was thinking to myself, if I need a real estate agent, I'm going to hire Nikechi. That's I, mean, I, I fell in love with this man. Um, and, and that led me to a question is, in your opinion, should you sell your own property or should you hire another real estate agent? That's an excellent question. Excellent question. And here's what I tell, because, you know, I get that question from, uh, you know, from, from, from land and homeowners all the time. And I'll tell them, well, you know, men and women, human beings can give you an answer, but numbers will give you a correct answer. And, and the data shows that by hiring a broker, you even after commission, you will net more. Yeah. Okay. And then you look at the time value of it. So let me let me turn it back and answer that question by asking you a question. Do you want to net more, or do you, or are you okay with with netting less. Oh, I would definitely want more. So that just kind of answers it now. But mm -hmm. I also tell people, you don't you don't have to have someone. And sometimes by just being that authentic, that's that's all they really need to hear in order to, to give you a listing. Because I'll have people, why, why, should, why don't I just sell it myself? And I say, you absolutely can. Well, what are you going to do for me? And I lay it out. One, I likely, I'm going to market it more for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to deal with all the questions. I'm going to make sure it gets shown. I deal with the tire kickers and the serious buyers and all. I deal with all of it. That's right. And you, you let me do the heavy lifting. I'll even coordinate the closing. And you get your proceeds. And done. <laughs> you know, so um, great question. Um, and some still choose. I've had, I've had some sellers go at their own, and they, they turn around and they call me. And they say, hey. You want to list it? I said, sure. Absolutely. I know. I just, there were, I was uh, running comps on a house today before I came, and there was a house next door to it. And I was running the comps, and the houses in the area were selling for $130 to $149 a square foot. And this flipper had came in and done his own house and was selling it to someone that I knew. And he probably lost twenty thousand dollars. Mm. He had it way underpriced, and of wow. course they've already struck their deal. So I can't go talk to him. But sure. he he uh, he shot himself in the foot, and he was probably thinking about that 
four, five, six percent, whatever the, you know, agent would have done it for. But what he needed to think about was how much value that that agent could bring to the table. Absolutely. Plus, that's a cost of doing business, too. Uh, you know, especially on land. Uh, I've had uh, situations where, you know, uh, I did a million-two deal to last year, year before last. And uh, the guy, I told him what the commission was, and he said, well, that's a lot of damn money. And I said, well, right. looking at uh, when you acquired this property in 1997 for $770,000, you know, the tax value is a million one. Uh, I couldn't find any comps, quite frankly. And, uh, and I said, you know, it doesn't really matter what we put on it because it's going to take a cash buyer uh, to, to, to appraise. But I said, first of all, I said, you're going to have capital gains here, and I bet you're around 20%. Uh, you know, based on just the, you know, knowing, knowing what you do and stuff. And, uh, you know, that's going to go directly to the IRS. So right. why don't you just give it to me? <laughs> and he thought about it a little bit, and I said, well, call your accountant and find out what if, it, let's say we sell it for a million two, which is what we actually did do, cash. Uh, you know, calculate what your gains are going to be and what you're going to owe, less your expenses. And he called me back, and he said, I'll talk to my accountant. He said, Lou, you, you were right. And I said, uh, he said, I'll give you what you told me. And I said, well, why don't you just give me a little more? And he said, well, I think it's enough. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so uh, that's, that's things as realtors uh, that we need to look at is uh, when, you're, when you're listing land products, you know, some of, the, some of this land's been in families for, you know, generations. Sure. sure. And, and the last time the basis was done was when Grandpa bought it, 70 years ago, you know, for uh, $500 or $300 an acre, and now it's worth five or $6,000 an acre. You know, that that's tremendous capital gains right there. Yes, sir. And I want uh, to ask you something real quick, too. Um, I was thinking about what you said. I don't know if we were on air or not when we were talking about it, but you were talking about your RLI classes and your ALC classes and all that stuff. How much value, I mean, how much value does that education bring to the table? I'm sure you learn things that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Uh, Mr. Reese, Mr. Reese, I can I can say this unequivocally. Um, I would not be on the phone with you right now had it not been for RLI. Period. Because because again, I didn't I didn't have the privilege of having a land specialist at arm's length. Right. Even if I did. I still say it's. I mean, it's it's uh it's invaluable. It's it, I can't put a, a price on it. Okay, the classes. I, I'll give I'll give you a specific example. I, I like I like to give specifics. Um, there was there was a a, a track I sold for uh, for a family, and I knew that it had some timber value, and I knew that that timber value should have been added to what we were going to list the property for. And I just and I was transparent. I, I didn't know really what it starred at that particular time. Um, so I, I knew I, I knew someone who was a forester, and he he helped me out. So I was able to to, to you know get that part taken care of. Um, but I didn't like the fact that I was in that situation. So I found I, I went down to uh, to Alabama, and one of my courses I took was the timber course. Okay, course on timberland. And it gave me so much more insight. Now, obviously, I'm still not a forester, but it gave me so much more insight to look at that now I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty good at knowing right away if the timber should stay, if it should leave, you know, um, in a general sense of uh, what that timber stand uh, is going to look like as far as evaluating the total property value right. and the market price on it. And of our ten classes, that's uh, that one I haven't taken. And Teresa, if you can, that's one you want to take. Yeah. We've got one on agriculture too, because uh, that's another whole. You know, that's the beautiful thing that keeps you that I find about land, is I. You know, I've been doing this almost thirty years. We've done. You're the hundred and seventieth hour that Teresa and I've done, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, it, I'm still learning. We're still learning. Hey, our guest today is Dakichi, uh, Wilhelm, and this is Let's Talk Land. We'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. View thousands of properties for sale at LandHub.com. We have talked about a lot of things, and in, in education I think was very important. And I think that being educated 
and knowing what you do creates an atmosphere that you can be a counselor and not a salesman. And I think that's what is is one of the good things about selling land. Because just yesterday, I had a lady call me. She was an elderly lady. She had no idea what her land was worth. She had no idea. One of her children, her children's, uh, what, it was somebody in her family wanted to buy a piece of it. And she didn't even know how much land she had. And I, and I talked to her for a few minutes, and I got a good feel for, for what she was wanting to do. And I was able to give her some good information. Now, whether she'll go ahead and sell that to her niece or nephew or whoever it was, or whether she'll allow me to list it, I, I don't know what's going to happen. But it felt good to me to be able to help someone without expecting anything in return. And I think sure. a good real estate agent will do that. Um, and she said that she had called multiple agents and no one had called her back. And right. you well, know, because we've, it was land. We've, 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 yeah. uh, we've touched on that too, yeah. is you've got some real estate agents that give others a bad name. But what I have found is that real estate agents and, and realtors are generally really good people and they'll do what they can to help you out. But I, I guess where I'm going with this is, is why, in your opinion, why do you feel like uh, it's more of a, a sales? Because I don't feel like a salesperson at all. Sure. I just try to help people. Sure. I hate sales. Um, I don't, I don't want to feel like a used car salesman, you know. Right. I want to be able to give someone my knowledge and my expertise and, and help them to close a deal, whether it's a home or a or a piece of land, and I do prefer land sales. I enjoy land sales more. Houses, houses, in one way they're easier, but in one way they're a much larger headache. So <laughs> there yes, are all kinds of things that can go That's wrong true. in a house, Very and you've true. got to know all about the different types of financing and what works and what don't work, and there's a million things. But I guess where I'm going with this is in, you know, what are your thoughts on um, how valuable that you are and and why you don't feel like a salesperson, I guess. Yeah, and, and, to, and to kind of flesh that out more, uh, Mr. Reese, and give more context to it, you know, as a whole, real estate is, is sales, right? It is sales. Mm -hmm. But I think that what, what happens is sometimes the, the general public looks at the, 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 the typical broker as just a salesperson trying to get their listing, yes. trying to get a commission, and they're moving on. And, and the proof is actually out there that a lot of agents don't follow up with the client, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's actually leaving business on the table. Just reaching out, doing a follow-up, staying in touch. A lot of them don't use the same agent over and over again, which in my personal opinion, if I sell one thing for you, I want to sell everything for you and your family as well. And a product that's going to be the service aspect of it. Okay. But I also think technology makes it different as well. So, for example, um, on the residential side, there's a lot of competition between some of these other brokerages like Zillow, um, um, Redfin, and things of that nature. And that's where the education comes in, and it plays a significant role um, in, in making sure that clients are more knowledgeable. And I think that in and of itself means that there's, a less, there's, there's, there's less of a threat to the land brokers with that technology. Mm -hmm. um, you may all have, have heard some of the scare um, amongst realtors that Zillow was putting them out of business and things of that nature. Well, think about it. How, many, how often do you hear someone, you mentioned comps earlier, right. and I can tell you're thorough, you're gonna you know, make sure you do everything that you need to to uh, paint the accurate picture of what someone's property is worth. Mm -hmm. But how many people tell you they know what their home is worth because of the estimate? Oh, I hear that daily. <laughs> And, 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 and they'll take it to the bank. That's a good take point. Good point. Right? And, and, and here's the thing about that. It's just an algorithm. Right. We know it's just an algorithm. Right. Now, are the estimates somewhat accurate in some cases? Uh, it can give someone a ballpark figure, but they shouldn't take that and list it at that price. Mm -hmm. It might be too high or too low. Right. We all know that, right? But when it comes to land, a estimate can't even do anything with that, period. Right. And so when it comes down to it, 
it's actually just more needed and it's, and, and it's incumbent upon us to kind of bring forth a different set a, a different set of skills and knowledge to make sure that the buyer and the seller is much more informed, okay? A home, the highest and best use is established outright. You're either going to rent it out or live in it. It's one of the two things for the most part. Or, you know, maybe you're going to flip it, something like that. We'll say three things. But with land, you might farm it. You might use it for recreation. You might develop it. You might invest in it. And the list goes on, right? right? And so Zillow, Redfin, none of those are going to really point that out. The buyer or seller might have an idea, but it's up to us to translate that and make sure they're on the right page. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the Realtors Land Institute. Comparing before you got involved and started taking the land classes and was yes, brokeraging, sir. have you noticed a difference in your competence and ability to understand and to be able to process because of taking the RLI classes? Is that a, is that a true statement? Absolutely, uh, without without a doubt. Um, you know, I'll go as far as to say emphatically, had it not been for the Realtors Land Institute, I would not be experiencing any success whatsoever because I probably wouldn't be doing any transactions because, again, I don't have that mantra of fake it till you make it. I want to make sure I know my craft, I know what I'm doing, um, and where I, you know, I love to learn. I'm a, you know, I'm an avid reader. And because of choosing land, the learning never stops. And that's real estate across the board, but especially land. You're going to learn something new every day. Absolutely. You might have to call the zoning department to make sure and double-check if this can be done or that. You're going to learn something every single day, okay? So at one point, I wouldn't do anything with subdivision, okay? But um, I took, uh, I think it was site selection, no, subdivision development. Right. Um, and that gave me a good start. I got with a developer, and I'm in the process of working on uh, subdivisions now. So I've already done a, a minor subdivision, and I'm working on a major one as we speak. Wow. But the basis came from RLI. You see? Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I just want to throw this out there, too, because you, you said it, and, and it, it, it is for a house. This is totally different. But I did look at his estimate right before I left the office. That's why I was late, because people had looked at his estimate, and it said their house was worth 71000 And when I were in comps, it was worth 150. Right. So <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, you don't want to yeah. put, a, put your house on the, the market for $70,000. That's what his estimate says. But his estimate's bank. never been in your house. They don't know anything about it. Like tech. I'll, I'll, I'll share a little <laughs> secret with you guys. Um, I use Zillow. I use Zillow. Oh, we all yeah, do. I will admit. We all do. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I use Zillow for, though. I use them to get listings because um, <laughs> when I say I run a lean operation, I run a lean operation. I will go to Zillow and I will check for land for sale by owner, and I will check and I will look and I'll kind of go through and look at a, a, a property that looks like it's got some good potential. And maybe they just have one, you know, one photo in front of the property. They didn't really, you know, put some 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 stuff on it that that was, you know, some marketing pieces there. And I'll call the person up and I'll say, hey. Um, and I don't do any of this stuff. I got a buyer. I just tell them the truth about who I'm, what I do. And I've gotten listings. And I have, I mean, and and and, and the sellers were shocked, you, you know. So, you know, Zillow has its place. <laughs> um, you know, it has its place, but. Um, I just, I, you know, to go back to it, I just, technology, even when you look now at the metaverse, uh, people are looking at that whole thing now. Um, I just think when it comes to raw land, um, that connection, that human connection, and that guidance from another person, it's going to be really diff- difficult for any algorithm or website to duplicate. Walking out on the track. Uh, oh, this Over the weekend, I took a, 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 a awesome family, um, husband and wife, Three small kids, and I took my. I've got one associate, uh, and that, that is my uh, my two and a half year old Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Um, and so she goes with me on properties, and we all went out and just had. They were so thankful. They didn't make an offer on the property, but uh, they were so thankful. I'm going to help them find their. Uh, you know, they're, they're looking for a recreational track. Um, but just that 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 element in and of itself, I don't know how any. You know, 
digital digital technology is going to replace that. Right, right. I got a I got a I got a Jack Russell named Shada, and she sells more land than I do. <laughs> She's in all my pictures, I, I think I, all I think, my uh, marketing. That, that's, that's the photo that you have. I think uh, on your yeah. email, and also yep. in your in your early podcast, I like to hear you Everywhere. talk about Shadow. <laughs> She's the drone pointer on the cursor as it travels through the drone <laughs> visual. And uh, she's right here beside me. She's on the radio show, too. But she's been running and playing a lot today, so she's taking her little nap. But uh, yes, pe sir. people love animals, and I love animals. And I, what a great companion, especially when I'm going out to preview property. Uh, what, a right. great, what a great person, and I'll call her a person, to take with you. Uh, it, just, it just makes the day even more, more uh, exciting and charming. So, uh, you know, animals are the place. I've got another. Uh, not, to change, not to change the subject, but I just want to take a second and just uh, and just thank you guys for allowing me to oh, be here. Oh, please, it's your show. Um, and, and, and Mr. Jewell, um, I just can't thank you enough. Uh, you have a lot to do with uh, me being in the position I am today. And I well, just thank want you. To take a second and, and I love helping people. For that, they say. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I help more people than I sell more people. Uh, I, <laughs> I love helping people, and I teach, and that's you know, it's just to watch people. Uh, you know, I gave away a book, one of my students in Charlotte, God, 15 years ago, or maybe even longer, got all excited about land like you have, and, and uh, she was a residential broker, and she just kind of had this thing, she was an outdoors person, and she got into land. And last year, she called me up, and she said, Lou, I just finished my book. I knew she was working on it. And it's 10 things that you look for in buying land. And I bought 50 copies and had her sign each one, and I gave that away as a door prize today at our MLS meeting because I was out there promoting my class coming up on April the 6th in Mount Airy at the uh, Cross Creek Country Club, uh, one hour, a four-hour CE class. But That's great. Uh, I just great. love watching people grow. And then when you go, did you get, did you get, uh, you going to come down to uh, San Antonio? Did you work that out? Oh, I did not. I, I've got, oh. I've got a, a few engagements well, that I, I just, I can't Don't miss it next from. year. But it, it is on my short list of things to do. Yeah, I've definitely. got to get to one of those land conferences. You'll never miss one. And uh, it's three days of uh, people like you and me and Teresa and some of the top people, definitely the top people in our industry that do $40, $50, 60000000 million in land sales a year. Oh, wow. You know, on wow. these multi- Mr. Teresa, multi are you going to make it uh, this year? No. No, no. no, I won't be We've had too it. much going on yeah. right now. Yeah, okay. it's, yeah, lots of things. But I, I do want to ask you this one question. Sure. It's something that we were talking about earlier, and everybody and Lou said the same thing. I don't remember if we were on or off air when we were discussing it, but we were talking about how much we enjoyed our work and how it wasn't like work at all. But truly, real estate is hard work. And I don't want people to get the wrong impression because they think we're just getting paid for nothing when you say, oh, it's so easy and it's so wonderful. But you put a lot of time into what you do, I'm assuming. It sounds like. And solve a lot of problems. That's yeah. what we do. I yeah. tell my students UKG, in class, I said, look, you know, we're not we're not real estate agents and we're not realtors. We're professional problem solvers. Mm -hmm. Because you it, al it. You it always it. starts. Mm -hmm. Lou, I got a problem. I need to buy something. Teresa, right. I got a right. problem. I need. And if you take that, and that, they'll say that. They'll use those words. And right. if you take that assignment to fruition and finish it, it's da-na-na-na, yeah-yeah-yeah, and this is a right. point that I want to challenge you on, too, and, and, and our listening audience. When you, when you are a professional, and I do a whole session on this, is about your suppliers, your team members, okay? And I've actually printed out, and I'll send you a copy of it. Uh, it's called Land 101 Survival Kit. But I've gone through and listed the lawyer, but not just the lawyer. You want an attorney that does land transactions, okay? Because there's so many things, and just to have a lawyer that does tort law or just does residential, you know, they're going to miss stuff, and there's going to be problems that can come back to haunt everybody. Well, it's just like that attorney that sent me that email oh, yeah. today and told uh, me uh, that he didn't know if my people owned the land well, that duh. they were selling Did he do because their, he didn't like their survey the way that it read. It and I was like, they still own the land. We'll just have to get the land surveyed. <laughs> may, 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 I, may I interject and piggyback off that very sure. for a moment? I recently um, had, a, had a, a couple of tracks that I saw, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, I'm selling. But it was one of those uh, situations that it was an enormous amount of problem solving. And the problem ended up being the buyers, uh, I was on the seller side, but the buyer who was non-represented chose an attorney 
who knew nothing about land. And it got down to a point, I I kind of skipped some of the minutiae involved in in the story, but they looked and said that they looked at the survey and said it was landlocked, and it was not landlocked. Mm -hmm. It was just a strange, and then they said that the legal description was incorrect. Well, not getting too technical. They were just incorrect about it. Yeah, but, that's what I said today. Um, and, and, my, and our attorney just was just baffled by it. So to keep the deal from just falling through because everything was perfect, um, I was able to find someone to reassign it to and still get it closed on time. Mm-hmm. Who A developer I had worked with in the past saw everything, looked at everything, and said, yep, checks all my boxes, looks good to me. It, it sold evaluation already done, survey already done. And he, and the unfortunate thing is the buyer reached back out and was devastated once they saw how they were just misinformed by that attorney because the mm-hmm. attorney was saying that it was landlocked, couldn't get title on it, and it ended up closing, no problems whatsoever. So mm-hmm. that was that was actually probably the first time I saw a situation where an attorney who wasn't versed in land, because uh, I always use, you know, for certain deals, I have attorneys I just always go to. But that was the first time I've seen a res- a, an attorney who was just, for me, with residential, just dropped the ball on a land deal. Yeah. So You'll see more, I hate to tell you, hopefully not a lot. Uh, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, you got to take action. That's why you need a soil scientist. I got Joe Hinton for 30 years. But actually, he's been doing it longer than that. Uh, if you're having problems with the county, this is soil scientist, uh, which now can actually write permits in the state of North Carolina. It sounds That's correct. You I, got, just found, uh, I just recently found that out. Yeah, That's correct. You got the uh, Forester, which you mentioned. I've got three of those, that, and two of them are actually real estate brokers as well as Foresters. And you got a certified Forester, and you got a, a registered Forester. Uh, and then you got, uh, you know, you got your county, you got your planning boards, you got your environmental health department, you got your soil and water, you got the Corps of Engineers, uh, and these are, you know, these are part of your team when you need them. You know, I mean, like if you want to build a pond. If you don't go over 15 feet of dam height on the inside, you don't have to get the Corps of Engineers involved, uh, for example. I mean, I, you always want to check, but that's just a kind of a basic rule. But, uh, you know, you've got to have these, these people. And I say to my students, I say, look, if you can't call these people at home at night, you don't have the right relationship with them. And, uh, yes, and uh, that's, that's your team. We don't do this by ourselves, mm-hmm. Teresa. That's right. Uh, you, know, we, mm-hmm. you know, and you know that. And we've got a hell of a team. Uh, that's there, experienced, and a, a backhoe guy if you need to do that, or, you know, whatever it is that, that we, you know, a person that can clean up land, uh, you know, a good timber guy. Uh, uh, the, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, Mr. Jewell, that, that's actually, especially in this market, so here in Wake County especially, it's, I mean, it's very hot everywhere where it is. Oh, it's, it's crazy there. No, it's crazy. And some of that is trickling over to the land side. Sure. So having a team um, actually saves deals. So, I've got a I've got a soil guy soil guy, I've got a surveyor, I've got a civil engineer. Yep. Um, and and, and, I, and, I, and I and I tell you I've got a, I've got a you know a timber guy, and by having that you know because the average the average broker, when they call, they're so backed up they can't write a reasonable offer sometimes you know for for um, you know for a residential parcel or something right, like that right. they they can't get soil you know soil guys it's backed up or whatever the case may be. But I've got I've got a team that you know they'll get out there and get it done. Uh, sometimes within a few within a few days, yep. you know, and so that is invaluable and just something I kind of picked up along the way. But these are services. These are services that if you aren't really a professional like we are, okay, that the other agents do not. And I don't mean to take bad on them, and that's not the purpose of what sure. I'm saying this. But if you are, you know, like you said, real estate is the largest, most valuable asset that m- most people have. And it's real money. And, you know, this isn't a game that you play with. This is serious business. And uh, you need people with experience. Uh, you need the people in, 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 uh, like yourself, and, and you're going to be a great land broker, and Teresa's going to be a great landlady. And, uh, you know, right. it's uh, be- because of the willingness to learn and the basic stuff we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, that's, uh, you know, what, what does it take to be a good land broker? And uh, so let's just see if there's anything else that we, we're missing in this conversation, Nikichi. Anything else that, that, that we're missing uh, to be a good land broker? Um, well, we, we, we touched on being a good 
the fiduciary, which is the, the, the first thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we mentioned uh, the knowledge, and, and that knowledge is, uh, is perpetuating. It never stops. Um, you know, being transparent. And, and, and I'll say being resourceful as well. Right. Uh, the stuff that we have to do to get a transaction to close sometimes is a little bit different um, than other real estate transactions. So I would say resourcefulness is there. Okay. Um, and, just, and just good communication. And, 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 and being an educator to the client, being an educator, you know, um, um, painting an accurate picture of what's going on through the transaction, even before putting in an offer, I think is invaluable to them as well. Sure. One of the things that I do, and Teresa does, I've taught her to, is, um, you know, when you're involved in a land transaction, you know, you talk about highest and best use, and that's the most important thing uh, to consider value. Uh, of a property is what is the and it could be one use or it could be multiple uses but i offer right. my I offer my clients and you may want to consider this too and other agents out there it's the reason i want to bring it up i actually do a a estate plan for my clients if they want for free and what i'll do is yes if you're buying this 50 acres and it's got this road frontage on two sides and it's got timber and so on how many heirs do you have what what are you going to do it's not buying the land it's selling the land how do i get out of this how do I how do I milk it down? Okay, I don't want to sell the whole property, but you know I need to raise fifty thousand dollars. How would I do that? Or I've got six children or three children or heirs or whatever I want, and you know I want to set up something so it in the future you know at that time uh, that this property can be uh, liquidated uh, for the maximum value. So I actually go through and actually do a subdivision based on certain subdivision laws. And, uh, and, and write a written proposal as to the highest and best use of that property. It could be more than one highest and best use based on the needs of the client. And, uh, you know, and I enjoy doing that, and I enjoy helping people plan for the future as part of my service. I think that is great information. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's that a, is excellent information. Okay. And not everybody does, but I always make it available. I was sitting here looking at the paper. I've got to read this because this okay, is Okay, so go funny. for it. Uh, I don't know who came up with this, but I was looking under determination where it says, the real estate business can bring you many highs and many lows. It is the kind of job that can leave you feeling incredibly accomplished and fulfilled one day while feeling lost and struggling the next. <laughs> and I thought, boy, have there been ups and downs. <laughs> Well, I, I think your author is our guest. I believe so. Did that well, not I come thought, off of his website? I don't know, but I thought blog? that was pretty interesting. Yeah. It says, at the end of the day, it's your moral compass and how you treat people. And I think Absolutely. that is the, I think that's the key to it all right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you, you do want to lay your head down at night knowing that you've, that you've done your best. And sometimes things are, sometimes things go great and sometimes there's, like I had one transaction that I thought I was going to pull all my hair out, and it was over the easements. The, there were easements, and and they were overlapping, and all of the neighbors were. Everybody, the surveyor would not. The surveyor was even with his hands thrown up because he's like, I I I don't even know. And then we had to get. Can't remember how it went. It seems like the surveyor wouldn't. There were so many discrepancies that the surveyor would not sign Certi- off on certified. it without the attorney right. or something. I can't remember. But sure. we finally got it all worked out, but it was a nightmare. Gaps and overlaps and areas of confusion. Uh, yes, and that's exactly <laughs> what it was. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, this one thing I saw here, too, in our notes. This is from, uh, from RLI, but it says, If you have the determination, a rock-solid work ethic, and the ability to use technology wisely and a good knowledge of land real estate or the willingness to learn, mm-hmm. check out Land U. That's our education program. Okay. Lakichi? Yes, sir. Just got about a minute here or so. Uh, give us some final thoughts of what it takes to be in a land. But no, real quick, talk about your business. I'm sorry, I want to get into that. No North problem. Carolina Land and Homes. 
Where you know, no what's your market area, no. and 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 tell us about your company yep. real quick. So I I, I deal primarily with uh, east, you know Eastern North Carolina. So uh, a radius from Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and I go down. I have gone down as far as the coast. I try not to go that far anymore. But um, to give good context, Nash County up to uh, not quite Mecklenburg County. Uh, the furthest I've done, I've done something with Kings Mountain, North Carolina. But I try to stay, relatively speaking, I try to stay Nash County, uh, Wake County, and surrounding area, the Triangle area. Um, that go as far up as uh, Halifax County. Um, and that, you know, that's my general area, the eastern part of North Carolina in okay. a nutshell. Have you found there to be, this will have to be quick because I know we ain't got much time, right. a difference in working with the different counties like that? A absolutely. No. Um, I always get a question. My first question is, how you know, what's, what's the value of land? It's just such a nuanced question. Yeah. Um, that, that's, the, that, that's one of the biggest things. I always say, well, what's the value of a car? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's such a, you got to kind of narrow that down. You think? Um, and, and, and also, too, like the, the, the land use, the land use. Uh, right. Soils start changing a lot. There's almost 400 different types of soils. Yeah. And there's some places that it's really hard to get, um, you know, um, septic systems yeah. in. That, you know, I've seen some properties that the septic systems were 50 grand, you know. Sure. Um, and so the land tends to be a lot more difficult to use for residential. Right. And so, yeah, I, I do see a wide range of differences between that. Um, more in the Wake County area is more development. And then as it gets further um, Rocky Mount area, Nash, Edgecombe counties, you start seeing more mixed use. You start seeing more um, recreational and agricultural property. Yeah. Hey, you've been a great guest today, Nagichi. How do they get in touch with you? Well, um, I can be reached on uh, my website is uh, nclandandhome.com. My email address is Nikechi, that's N I K E H C H I dot, uh, in, uh, I'm sorry, Nikechi yeah. at NC. Land, that's L-A-N-D-A-N-D-H-O-M-E dot com. Nikechi at nclandandhome.com, or they can give me a call. I, you know, as you can see, I love to talk. 252-314-9507. Uh, what a great guest today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we would appreciate them. All of our questions are welcome, and all of our guests may be emailed with your questions as well. This show is for the public and most importantly for real estate agents who do not have a source for land education. All of our shows are downloaded uh, after this morning's show on our master website, www.letstalkland.net. That's .net. You'll also find us on Spotify and Podbean. Teresa, how to get in touch with you? They can call me at 336-209-2937 or email me at Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A, dot mylandpro at gmail.com. Wow. And my email is lou, L-O-U, at mylandpro.com. My cell phone number is 336-669-1405. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, landhub.com. Looking to sell your land? Try landhub.com. Rodney? Yes, sir. How do they get in touch with us? Well, they can go to our website, Lou. They can go to wkte1090.com and email us there and... Uh, also, they can download the Simple Radio app, or they can listen to us on the website. Either way. Simple Radio app. Uh-huh. That's right. It's just simple. Simple. Type in simple. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? WKTE 1090. And then, what happen to and then what happens, Teresa? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Teresa. She is rusty. It's been so long, it's been so long since rusty. I've done the Simple Radio oh, app. Gosh. It's been two years. But <laughs> so, do you remember what kind of music we play? We play happy music. That's oh. right. Okay. Well, I know what kind that. of music we play. I oh, just okay. couldn't remember about the simple radio app because yeah. I haven't done it in two Beach years. Beach music but, and oldies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's universal, right? Mm -hmm. now you got that right. Anywhere. Okay. And we won some nice awards. Yeah, seven years in a row now. Teresa didn't know that. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah. we added another one. <laughs> yeah. Since you've been gone. That's right. Since I've been gone. Mm -hmm. Well, you can thank COVID for that. It's oh, all God. gone. We hope. <laughs> all gone, all gone. Yeah, seven years in a row of being the top uh, beach and oldies radio station.
the East Coast there. And How about won, that? And you won a nice award not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, the Reader's Choice uh, yeah. Announcer of the Year Award. The what? The Announcer of the Year Award. The what? <laughs> <laughs> Teresa's going to be at Fort this year, I yeah. feel like. All right. Well, we enjoyed our guest today, and we uh, wish you all the best. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.